It's already been very, very good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Can you say amen to that? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise because He's worthy. You know, we used to sing that song right there as an, as an invitation, and today's going to be a day of, of invitation. I didn't speak to the worship team. They had no idea what I'd be speaking on this morning, but it is a day of invitation. You know, I come. We always sung that at, uh, at church as at the end of service, we'd sing, I come, and it's just a tremendous, tremendous song of invitation. But it is good to be here. It's good to see everybody. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else today other than, you know, we've said it before, we're with God, in God's house with God's people singing praises uh, to God. I, I can't imagine. If you told me I went to the lake this morning, Bill, if you don't go to church and you go to the lake and you catch a 10-pound bass, I wouldn't go. Now, that's, that's saying a lot, folks, because I love to fish. That's a, you know, Boo says that's a lie, but it's not. I'd have been here. Now, I'd have went directly after church. I'd have went to the lake, though. But it is good to be here. And at the end, there will be a time of invitation, a time for you to respond to the things that's been said today. And I'm going to do my very best to be as, as quick as possible. And Boo says that's a lie, too. But, <laughs> and if he was preaching, it would be a lie. <laughs> but at the end, there will be a time for you to respond, a, a time for us to have prayer together. Uh, and after that, uh, I think Donna's going to come up. We're going to have a baptism. It's always a, a wonderful time to see someone uh, following the Lord and believers and believers' baptism. I was speaking to her, uh, I think it was last Sunday, her and Bobby. And I, I told Bobby, I said, uh, is there anything you need us to do while we got her up there? Do you need to hold her under just a little bit longer? You want to see her bubble? You know, Bobby, what do you think? And he said, well, all them things are good, Bill, but you better be prepared to preach a funeral afterwards. Because somebody's going to kill you. <laughs> so there'll be no bubbling today. Be no bubbling today. But it is good to be here. Uh, it's good for us to be here. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I don't know if you guys seen the, uh, the little video that, that was posted to our Facebook page, uh, the chat, chat page. But a guy had went to, uh, a guy went to China uh, to train their people to preach, speak, evangelize. And it's an underground church over there. At that time, when that video was made, it was pretty much Christianity is underground. And I think a lot of it is underground even, even today. And he said he had 20, 22 people in the, in the room with him. And for three days, they sat on wood floors. No electricity, no running water, no air conditioning. Said most of them had rode a, a train 13 hours just to get to come to the meeting. They had memorized scripture because Bibles over there were scarce. So they had it memorized. They said the government can't take it out of your mind. And for three days, he, he talked. At the end of those three days, he said, have you guys ever been imprisoned, you know, for your belief over here? And out of 22, I think he said 18 had been imprisoned for their faith. And he said, what would happen if they called us in here Speaking like this, me teaching you, you know, the Bible. Uh, they said, well, you would be deported immediately. Uh, within 24 hours, you'd be gone, and we'd all go to prison. So at the end of three days, you know, he said, I want to pray with you before I leave. And I know some of you have already seen this, but some of you haven't. But he said, how can I pray for you before I leave? And they said, pray that we'd have the freedoms to worship as you do in America. We want your freedoms. And he said he looked down 
at his feet and he said, I can't do it. And they looked at me and said, why? Why can't you pray that prayer? And he said, well, in America, every home's got two Bibles and they're seldom read. He said, in America, if we have to drive more than an hour one way, we wouldn't go to church. You guys rode a train for 13 hours. Most of you did to get here. Uh, he said, you guys have memorized Scripture. We don't even crack a Bible open most of the time because of our freedoms. And it was, it was hard on him. And he told him, he said, I, I can't pray what you want me to pray, but I can pray that instead of you becoming like us, I'm going to pray that we become like you. And that's a challenge for me and you today. We've got so many freedoms. We can, we can come to church. We can go to church any day we want to, Monday through Sunday. Nobody's standing and watching, going to tell on us. We don't have to hide out in homes and basements and garages. We can come here and everybody knows what we're doing. They drive by the parking lot. They know what we're doing in here. And we have that freedom and they don't. And yet it seems like they are so much more spiritual and so much more of a Christian than what we are. That is, a, that is a challenge for us today. I don't mean to beat you up and, and, and break you down, but that hurt me when I watched that because I know where I stand with the Lord and I know if there was no power in here today and there was no running water and there was no AC, you know, we'd have probably canceled church today. You know, if you guys had to drive an hour and a half to get here, then more than likely, a lot of you wouldn't be here. And it's just a challenge for us a challenge for us today. That don't cost you a dime. That was a freebie. You don't, nobody has to pay me nothing for that. I get to beat you up for free today. But before I beat you up, it beats, it beats me up as well. But today we're going to be talking about the invitation. It's Matthew 11. Let the boys put it up on the, uh, on the, on the screen. Matthew 11, 28, 29, and 30. Just, just three verses today. Just three very quick very quick verses. Anytime you see red, what does that mean in the Bible? That's Jesus speaking. And anytime you see him speaking, our ears will perk up. We're to take, take note that, hey, this is my Lord and this is my Savior. And he's speaking his word directly to me. He says in Matthew 28, 29, and 30, we'll go ahead and we'll read it. He says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. If you would, would you pray with me this morning? So I'll bow together. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray, Lord, that it pierces our heart today, that it brings about changes in us, and we, we draw ourselves closer to you. And Father, most of all, we thank you for your son, Jesus, today. We pray, Lord, the things that we do and say here in this moment would bring you honor and bring you glory. And Lord, forgive us where we failed. We ask it in Jesus' name. Now, God's people said, amen. So come to me. Three little words. Come unto me. Come unto me or come to me. My Bible says come to me. I've got the New King James. That's the King James Version. But I really like that, come unto me. Three little words, it means so much. It's an open invitation. It's an open invitation for you. It's 24, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 
365 days a year, you can come to the Savior. He never says no. He never says come back later. He doesn't say clean up before you come to me. He says come just as you are today in this moment. And there's two people he's speaking to. There's two people he's speaking to and he continually speaks to us and that's the believer and the unbeliever. You know, the believer who's already placed their hope and their faith, their trust and given their life to Christ. You know, we can, we can fall back into, into sin. We can do things that we shouldn't do. And our fellowship is destroyed with him. Not our relationship. Your relationship with God is tied to Christ. It has nothing to do with you anymore. That's a father to a son, a father to a daughter. It can't be changed. But your fellowship can be hampered by the things that you allow into your life. And a lot of times as believers, we allow things into our lives that are ungodly, unworthy of him, unworthy of the name that we carry. So Jesus is saying to you, come to me. Come to me. Let's restore our fellowship today. He says to the unbeliever, I paid a price for you. I love you. Come to me. Come to me. So today we're going to have an invitation this morning here in just a few minutes. It'll be for anything you've got on your mind, anything you've got on your heart, anything you need to pray for. Yeah, you can pray in your seat. I have no problem with that whatsoever. But there is something special about coming up here and bowing a knee before a holy and righteous God. There really is. And if you've never done that, I'd challenge you today. I challenge you today. If you feel like coming up here and praying, maybe somebody pray with you. You know, we will. Me, Boo, Charlie, we'd love to pray with you. There's other people here that'd love to pray with you, no matter what your need is, no matter what, as we're getting ready to see what your burden is, what you're carrying. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of burdens that are going on. I look at the world today, and everybody's just carrying. You know, I got to ask, and you raise a hand. Have you got a burden in your life right now? I mean, just raise your hand. Have you got a burden? You got something that, G.O., look at the hands. You got something that the Lord needs to help you with? It's a burden. It's a burden. So Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Labor. I don't know about you, but I labor at least six days a week a lot of times. I mean, I, I labor. I know several of you work. Uh, you've got plenty of things that you're doing. Uh, you're, you're laboring. That's the things, that's all your responsibilities. That's, that's everything in your life that you've put on yourself. That's your labor. That's the things that you've put on yourself. Nobody put them on you. You brought these things on yourself. They're all your burdens, all your labors. And then you see the heavy laden. So Jesus says, hey, come to me, all you who are laboring, and those of you who are heavy laden. You know what heavy laden is? When I, when I see that word, I think of a little pack mule. You got, they used to have them little pack mules at, uh, at the Grand Canyon, and they'd, <clears throat> people that went down into the canyon that was going to stay two or three days or four, they'd, they'd put all these bags on these little pack mules. Now, the pack mule didn't load that bag up and put it on his back, did he? Others placed those burdens on that little pack mule. They put them in there on him and placed them on his back, and he had to carry them. There's all kinds of people here who are heavy laden, all kinds who've got different responsibilities. And Jesus is saying, come to me, and I'm going to help you with all these things. I'll give you rest. I'll help you. I'll help you. 
You know, when he says, when he says he's going to give you rest, it doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that he's going to, what that means is you can't do it all alone. That's what he's trying to tell you. You can't carry these burdens, these, these labors, these things that are heavy laden, things that have been laid on you that others have placed upon you. Jesus is saying, you can't do it. I can help if you'll let me. I don't know about you, but I had a, I've, I've had some, some heavy laden things laid on me. And at one time, I had a frivolous lawsuit laid against me. That thing went on for five years. Five years, I packed that around. Multiple times, I'd go to the altar at church and I'd lay it down. But before I left the building, I'd go back and I'd pick it back up. And I'd put it right back in my pocket. Five years, I was miserable. For five years, I packed that around. And one Sunday morning, I broke. I couldn't take it no more. I went to the altar. I had others praying for me about it. And I went to the altar and I laid it down. And I didn't pick it back up this time. I walked out of church and that rascal was still laying up there. I went to my car and it felt like 10,000 pounds had come off my back. I said, Lord, I can't do this. I can't pack this. I need help. I wasn't meant to bear this alone. You can help me. And I left it. Man, it felt good. That was on a Sunday Monday morning, after five years, Monday morning, got a phone call. It was done. It was done. Lawsuit was over. That's how fast the Lord worked when I let him. When I let him. He, let, he took me five years to do that. Now, Monday morning, it was over. Got a phone call Monday morning. Your part of the lawsuit is $6,400. I'll never forget it. I said, is that it? He went, yep. My lawyer said, that's it. $6,400. And I gladly wrote the check. I wrote the check. There was about 10 people that got sued that day. That, that guy sued everybody he could sue, everybody that he could think of. And he was, in, he, was, he was way away from here. And it was a frivolous lawsuit, but it still cost me $6,400. I'll never forget it. But as I look back on it, I'm going, I saw God work. Because Tuesday morning, I got a job that I'd formerly been passed on. And guess what the profit on that job was? $6,400. Now that's how the Lord works, guys. Finally gave it to him. I was heavy laden. I was burdened with it. And I finally gave it up. And he showed me what he could do. And I give that as an example to you all. If he works in my life that way, I'm nobody special. I'm a poor old dumb hillbilly. Don't know a rock from nothing else. But if he'll take care of me that way, just imagine how he'll take care of each one of you. Everybody here. He says, come unto me. Bring your burdens. Bring your, bring your labors. And watch me work. Watch me help you. Watch me come along beside of you and help you. There in verse 29, in verse 29, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. There's that rest word again. I don't know about you, but I love a good rest. The older I get, the more rest I want, seems like. And there's nothing like a good sleep, a good nap, oh, a good power nap, 20 minutes in the middle of the day. Just, it's awesome if you can get that. And Jesus is saying, you know, I know you're heavy laden. I know you're burdened. I know you got a lot going on. But I'm meek and I'm lowly. And what he's trying to say there, meek means power under control. You know, a lot of times we associate meek with weak. And that's not true when it comes to our Lord and Savior. That meek word meant power 
under control. It would be like you if you, if you had a, uh, a place you was renting and it was $500 a month and you got two, two months behind, maybe three. The landlord comes over to you and says, hey, Larry, I know you're a little bit behind. I'm not going to kick you out. I'm going to give you two more months. That's that landlord saying, I'm going to be meek with you. I'm going to, I've got power under control. I'm going to show you mercy and grace. Even though I could say, Larry, pack your stuff and get gone, I'm going to give you two more months. That's power under control. So Jesus, when he describes himself as meek and lowly or humble, he's revealing his true servant's heart. And that makes him more than qualified to help bear yours and my burdens. And there in verse 30, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I don't know if you've ever done any studying, but during this time, what that verse, what they would have understood what Jesus was talking about. A yoke tied two animals together. You guys, anybody know that? You put a yoke on and it ties two animals together. And that yoke is specifically made just for that animal. And it should make the load half and half if it's correctly built for each animal. It's half and half. One gets half the load and the other gets half, the other half and they pull it together. So when you had a team of two that had worked together for a long time, they knew exactly what they were doing. The animals did. They knew how to ease into that yoke and they could pull it without chafing their necks and getting hurt and scarred up. But sometimes you had an older animal that had to train a younger one. The older animal, he knew how to pull. He knew how to set his feet in the dirt. Whatever he had to do to make the load move, he understood. But the younger animal, he had a new yoke on him. He was breaking it in. And they would slide a lot of the weight over to the older animal. The older animal was actually packing most of the load. And the younger animal was learning, this is what I got to do to help move this weight that's behind us this burden that we're having to pack. So Jesus was effectively saying, if you'll let me and yoke with me, I'll bear most of the burden. That's awesome. I'll bear most of the burden. If you'll let me, I'll come along beside of you. You come along beside of me and I'll carry most of the weight. You've got to do something, but I'm going to do most of the packing. Ain't it wonderful to have a Savior that's willing to come along beside of you and pack those burdens for you? All I can say to that is, you know, is amen. If you backed up a little bit into verse 11, and this gets back to the invitation of Jesus saying, come, and the things, the, the places that Jesus sent people to speak. And if you backed up in verse 11 just a little bit, and the boys in the back don't have this, but this is just a little something extra that I wanted to say this morning. In verse 11, starting out, he talks about John the Baptist and all the, he eulogized John the Baptist. He confirmed who John the Baptist was. And then he said something like this in 17. He says, you know, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We mourned to you and you did not lament. In other words, John the Baptist got very little response. Very little response. Then he goes on to 
denounce, Jesus went on in, in chapter 11 to denounce indifference or to denounce no response to his words. He said, he said, woe to you, uh, Chorazin, and woe to you, Bethesda, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. In other words, those cities saw the work of God and him saying, come unto me, and there was no response whatsoever. You could hear a cricket chirp. Even though mighty works had been done in those cities in the name of God, you know, Jesus had proclaimed who he was and no response. I can tell you right now as a, as a pastor, as a person that's been involved with youth, as a person that's taught Sunday school, you yearn for a response. Is that right, Bushman? Is that right? As pastors, we yearn for a response. We want to see God move. We want to see God's people accept the words that are said and have a change in your life. We love to see people come to the altar. We love to see people pray. We love to see people, people's lives changed. We love to see people give their heart to Christ. We love to see people come and say, Lord, I ain't been living the way I should have been living. And I'm sorry. I want you to restore my fellowship with you. We love to see people come and pray with one another. It's that response that Jesus was looking for. And that's the same response that, that we look for as pastors today, as preachers and teachers in Sunday school. We yearn for people's hearts to be changed. You don't know the, the hours that are put into a sermon, the tears that are, that, are, that are placed into it. Listen, I preached this sermon yesterday in my study to myself. And I had this yellow pad sitting there. And I started, and I preached that sermon, and Emma comes through the door on me as I'm wrapping up, and I'm sitting there wiping tears out of my eyes. She said, what's up, Dad? I said, well, I just preached the best sermon ever, and all I got wrote down was good morning. That was it, and we had a big laugh. You know, and it was funny. It was funny. But I just want you to know, as pastors and people that are charged with bringing you the Word of God, there's a response that's needed. And we're going to have a, a chance for you to respond here in just a moment. I want, my, I want my, my song leaders to come up and be getting a song ready. I told you I wouldn't be long. I've told the truth for once today. Uh, but I want them to begin a song. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I want you to keep in your mind's eye that yoke that Jesus was talking about and how he's carrying most of the load. Too often, me and you, we want to carry the load. We want to bury it all ourselves. We want to take it. I took that lawsuit as far as I could take it. And it finally got to the point I couldn't pack it no more. And I finally gave it up. And when I gave it up, Jesus showed me just what he could do, just how much he could pack and what he could do for me. He says, I'm going to give you rest. And my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I'm going to do most of the packing. You come along beside of me. And I know these people in here, you've got all kinds of burdens. They stuff on your hearts and your minds right now. I know burdening you to death. I know they are. Too many people in this room for people not to have all kinds of burdens and things on your mind, things on your heart, things that you know tomorrow morning is waiting on you. When you get out of bed, you know when your feet hit the floor that they're sitting there waiting on you. Well, I can tell you, we've got a Savior that says, come unto me. Come unto me.
Give these things to me. Let me come along beside you as the most experienced and let me pull this load with you because my burden is easy. I had an, old, an older gentleman that I knew. He was in the hospital. He's about 80. He wasn't in good health at all. And I went to see him, got to share the gospel with him. And he's laying there as I got to the end of sharing the gospel with him. And he had two big streams of tears rolling down under his eyes. He's laying there in the hospital bed. He can't do nothing. Can't hardly get up. And I asked him, I said, would you be, be willing or, or want to invite Christ into your life today to make him Lord and make him Savior? And I'll never forget that old man looked at me. He pulled his glasses down on his nose just a little bit and his eyes was full of tears and, and they was running down his cheeks and dripping on his, on his, on his shirt. He said, he said three little words. He said, if he'd have me, or four little words, if he'd have me. And he invited Christ into his heart and into his life, made him Lord and Savior that very moment because I told him absolutely, Jesus wants you just the way you are. He's ready to help you with your burdens. All you got to do is come to him in faith, believe in who he is. So I ask you to stand today. If there's a need that you have, if there's a need that you have, would you please come and lay it down on this altar right here? Please come and pray. Grab somebody and bring them with you. Say, I'd like to go pray. Grab somebody. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Jesus is waiting for you to come unto him. Would you come today as we sing? 